Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, happy Thursday. Sandy's here, so is Greg, Debbie, Adam producing the show this afternoon. We're glad you're with us. Some of the things that we're tracking on this Thursday. This is the three. At three on Wisconsin's afternoon news. All right, Sandy, what's first up? Culver's scoring pretty high on a list of the healthiest fast food cheeseburgers. Yeah, I like this. So Culver's is number four when it comes to the healthiness of their cheeseburgers. And all the big chains are represented here. Here's what they looked at. This was very simple. It was strictly health-based. They looked at the amount of sugar, fat, salt, and calorie content per ounce in the burgers. So they say it was not subjective. This is how they looked at things. And Culver's was fourth. The Whataburger with cheese was number one. In-N-Out Burgers cheeseburger was number two. The most unhealthy burger belonged to Burger King. <laughs> Says not good. Aww. And McDonald's was the middle of the pack. But Culver's smacked McDonald's around a little bit. Culver's number four. Does that matter? Hmm. Like when no. you're getting a cheeseburger, it's like, well, I'm getting nope. the healthy one here. Culver's Absolutely just makes not. a delicious cheeseburger. I'm getting that regardless. I'm right? likely to go the other route. I'm not. I don't want the healthy yeah, cheeseburger. Right. <laughs> it's probably going to be dry and nasty. And no. Well, Culver's is not that. That's a good burger. That's right a there. great burger. So I don't want the very healthiest cheeseburger. That's probably going to taste like cardboard. <laughs> so congratulations, Culver's. This is good news for them, and we know they have great food. So nice job, Culver's. What's up next? After nine shows, a Wisconsin professor, his run on Jeopardy came to an end over a spelling error, and fans are not happy about it. This is what it sounded like. Ben Chan, what did you come up with? Who are Beatrice and Benedict? Unfortunately, that is not correct. Correct response, Beatrice and Benedict from Much Ado About Nothing. Oh! That's the rules, though. So here's the rules per Jeopardy. You don't have to spell the final answer correctly, but it must be phonetically correct and not add or subtract any extraneous sounds or syllables. So Chan's spelling Benedict was technically different than Benedict and ended on a different sound, so his run is over. And he had been just killing people, too. $252,000 so far. Uh, He's an assistant professor of philosophy at St. Norbert in De Pere. And the good news is... He's going to be back for the Tournament of Champions. Yes. So we'll be cheering for him then when he comes on back that for the Tournament hurts, of Champions. Though. I would have. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and he says he knew the answer, like it was of a course. spelling mistake. Oh. All right, what's next? A new arrival at the Milwaukee County Zoo. Little Baby Humps is not her name, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing. This baby, a camel, doesn't have a name. Why haven't we named the camel? i got to think Milwaukee County Zoo has a naming contest in store, don't you think? I I don't know. Maybe, but that's not mentioned in any of the press coverage anywhere. It's a Bactrian camel born in uh, about a week ago, weighing it at 88 pounds. 88 pounds, and mom and dad are said to be doing good. AJ is the mom. Stan is the dad. (laughs) Stan. By the way, AJ the mom's older than Stan, so uh, AJ the mama camel is apparently a cougar. Oh, by one year. I don't know what that is in camel years, like dog years. <laughs> He's a camel, not a cougar. 
So everybody's doing good, though. A new a new camel yeah. at our zoo. And uh, this is the first daughter for AJ and Stan. Oliver, Jethro, and George uh, have been <laughs> born at Milwaukee County Zoo and moved on to other zoos. Those names make me laugh. Those I know. Are... They're charming. They're charming. <laughs> but you names. should be able to see little baby camel uh, out in the outdoor habitat uh, daily. Uh, it's 314 <laughs> at WTMJ. We've been reporting all week on how the draft is coming to Titletown. Well-deserved, exciting. This is going to be awesome. Packers' Aaron Popke is with us on the WTMJ hotline. Aaron, how you doing? I am doing well. How are things with you today and this week? Man, everything's good. Everything's great, and we're a little bit better because of this big event coming up to Green Bay. Um, take us behind the scenes a little bit. How long ago did you guys know that the draft was coming to Green Bay? Well, we knew we had a good chance probably even each year that that has passed, and, and we've been expressing our interest. In fact, that goes back to, you know, if you saw some of the the discussion yesterday, we we put in our first expression of interest in 2016, and that was for the 2019 draft. And then myself and Brad Toll, who heads up our, our Tourism Bureau here at Discover Green Bay, he and I went to the draft in Philadelphia and saw it in person. And, and you know, the more we saw stuff, like, hey, we, we can put this together. So uh, things got more serious in the ensuing years. And the last couple of years, we knew you know, we our, our information was sound, and, and as the NFL updated their bid specs, we were able to. So we knew it was coming together. And then this year, they said, "Hey, you got a, a really good chance, and you know, let, let's plan for that possibility." And, and then it got approved on Monday, and and the celebration began. And and then, uh, almost like a football team with a victory, we said, "All right, let's be done with that." Now we got to start preparing. Not quite. <laughs> exactly. It's been a lot of fun. Aaron, in, in your estimation, was the draft put on hold to Green Bay until renovations to the Resch Center were completed and Titletown was a little bit more built out? Was that some of the feedback you got from the NFL that you're, you're getting close but you're not there yet in terms of infrastructure? Not necessarily. I mean, it wasn't like I would say directly said, but as we updated them on, on what was coming online, uh, that, that definitely uh, helped the conversation. I think they knew from the start that it was a worthy spot given the history and tradition. I mean, shoot, the Packers predate the NFL. 1919, the NFL started in 20. So I think they they really liked that idea of being tied to the beginning of the game. And and everybody that, that loves the Packers, you know, we often hear, you know, if we're not somebody's favorite team, we're their second favorite team. They just love the idea that is the Packers, and, and that's why we're, we're popular in so many ways. But they knew the draft would have that kind of special feeling, too. While it may not be as large as Nashville with 600,000 people, but we could have easily a couple hundred thousand people here over the course of the weekend, and just the ties to the history of the game, it, it's, it's going to have this authentic feel to it. And... That was always a plus. And then as these items came on board, the, the Resch Expo, you know, the new uh, convention center right across the street, and Titletown, as you said, that got built out. So there's the, the heart of the campus itself is a great place, and we've got more hotels, we've got more attractions, 
Uh, downtown's got some neat elements. So all those things came together as it evolved to make us an even more attractive place. Yeah, Nashville was able to put it right in the city streets, Aaron. It was a really cool backdrop, and Nashville's a wonderful city. Do you imagine the largest collection of fans to not be in the streets in Green Bay, but rather inside the stadium? Are you going to use the bowl somehow? The NFL is going to come in, uh, we believe, next month and uh, start to develop more of those more, I would say, those uh, more in-depth details in terms of where they'll place things. But they, they could very well place the stage inside the stadium. They did that, as you may know, in Dallas when the draft was there. And then utilize uh, the parking lots, uh, Resch Expo, Resch Center, Titletown for the other events. They could choose to put it outside and use Lambo as a backdrop. I mean, either way, the, the visuals of the aerial setup are going to be fantastic. So we know all those those elements are in play, and it'll be it'll be fantastic experience for people on the ground and for the fifty plus million viewers tuning in over the course of the weekend. It'll look fantastic too. Aaron, I have to think this is a fantastic experience for you and the entire Green Bay Packers organization. What kind of celebration was there when you finally <laughs> find out this is official for 2025? Well, we knew, as I said earlier, just the last couple of years, uh, you know, the, the strength of our assets that we've got here and the history and tradition part that will make it unique to any other place it's been so far that was growing, and and uh, even this year as we got in our bid information and uh, the NFL came back with more detailed questions about this element and that element, and we said to ourselves, oh, you know what, it's getting pretty serious. So we had a pretty good sense we it, this could be our year. You know, with the last couple of years we thought we had a good shot, and of course, we're not. We weren't bidding on 26 because we've got the Wisconsin Notre Dame game, and then 27 was was another option. So we felt pretty good about 25 or 27. And and for when when it the realization hit us, there was a lot of uh, uh, joy in that. Oh, we got it! This is going to be so great for the community and the state of Wisconsin to have that type of exposure and, and just people thinking that there's going to be so many opportunities to, to maximize the benefit. So that part's exciting. And those of us from the area, I, I mentioned this yesterday, you know, I, I'm from Green Bay, grew up here and, and uh, like a lot of kids in the area would, you know, dream of playing for the Packers. And then of course, when you think you're going to be a pro football player, you think of that day you get selected and, and to have those choices be actually made in Lambo or in the shadow of Lambo field for these players in this life-changing event. I mean that that's really special. So we got a lot of excited people. I've uh, been in some meetings today with people in the community about just different things we're working on, but everybody's talking about the draft and even around the state. You know, we we know the the support we have is tremendous and and it's exciting. It's, it is definitely going to be a big big deal. No doubt about it. It is super exciting. Aaron Popke is the Director of Public Affairs for the Packers. Great to have you with us, Aaron. We hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you. You as well, and uh, we'll have lots to talk about over the next two years preparing. Yeah, it's all good stuff. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. We like our beer flat as candy. We like our dogs with mustard. So I had the greatest night last night. Did something that I... Didn't really think I'd be doing anytime soon. Microwave the meal? Did not do that for okay. sure. 
I had a meal. I went to the uh, Lake Country Dockhounds baseball game in Oconomowoc. A beautiful stadium. They're a MLB partner league, and it was really incredible. It was fun. It was a little chilly, but it was okay. We had sweatshirts on. There's guys on the team that have big league experience. There's guys on the team that will play in the big leagues. This is a feeder league for MLB and their minor league system. So the Dockhounds play out there in Oconomowoc. I, I got to tell you, the craziest thing I saw, they have two dogs that are bat dogs. So instead of having Aww. a bat boy, <laughs> a guy hits the ground ball and is running down to first base. Instead of a kid in a little uniform running out there, they have dogs that run out and fetch the bats. <laughs> it's the craziest thing. After the game started, and I was watching this happen for the first time, looking out at the field, and a guy's running down to first base, and I see a dog run out from the dugout and grab a bat. I was thinking somebody's dog got loose. I was like, what the hell is that? Oh, that's a bat dog. His name's Colt. Is that a little jersey? The, yeah, he's Bandana, got a little jersey. Yeah. He does. He's got a little jersey. Love it. And he fetches the bat. Uh, <laughs> Louis the Hound, Louis Slugger, is their mascot. Oh! Makes sense. Yeah, he was there. That so that was fun. It was just the greatest experience because I knew it was going to be good right when I got there because I pulled in off the interstate and I was getting ready to get into the complex. And I was thinking, all right, better get my wallet out. I wonder how much parking is. It's a minor league game, so I'm thinking maybe it's only 10 bucks or something. I get in. Parking is free. There's no paying for parking at the minor league games. Somebody told me it's like that at all minor league parks. So it was the coolest thing right off the bat. You don't pay to park. You get in. You walk right into the game. The, the crack of the bat. The crowd is there. And they have a beautiful facility in Oconomowoc. They know what they're doing. That's a cool experience. I, I feel like this... The amount of baseball you can watch that's like high-level quality baseball beyond the Brewers yeah, is remarkable. What you just described is common to the Chinooks or the Kingfish in Kenosha, mm-hmm. right? These Northwood leagues have popped up and become real popular, and their feeder programs, their college players' summer plans is playing in these leagues. Some have big league aspirations. In fact, most do. But the experience, the fan experience, you're, you're just right on top of it. You're immersed in it. Yeah, there was a guy who pitched last night who's 29 years old, and he spent time in the big leagues. And then there's guys on the team that are 17 and 18 years old who are climbing toward the big leagues. I'm looking at the roster right now. It's pretty fascinating. They have guys on their team with MLB experience, guys that have played in AAA, single A, double A, some guys who are fresh out of college. It's just really, really cool, and it's affordable. You look out there, and there are families there, and you know they can go to the game and afford it. Last night when we were there, it was uh, $2 hot dog night. So you go with your family, you get hot dogs for a couple of bucks, the beer is cheap. It was pretty, pretty cool experience. And these are intimate stadiums. So yeah. Like Greg was saying, you you get to see the action. And what's more American than baseball? Yeah, this one seats 3,500. So it was. you're right. Small stadium, really nice. I just can't get over... How beautiful it is. I grew up going to the games in Kenosha, which is now the Kingfish. It was, a, it was I think it was a single-A affiliate of the Twins when a I was Simmons growing Field up. Simmons Field or something like that yeah. in Kenosha? Yeah. Now, that place is a very old field. It's from the 50s, and it feels really old. It's cool it's in downtown, but it's old. This place is like a brand spanking new, beautiful facility. Kenosha. It's just impressive. Kingfish has one of my favorite mascots. His name is Elvis. <laughs> the big course. fish. <laughs> and I do like Gil the Chinooks, too. I'm a sucker for a good mascot. But truly, there is, there are tons, uh, tons. There are at least a dozen teams here in Wisconsin that you can enjoy all over the state. And I did a little bit of research. If you do want to go see some minor league baseball and enjoy up close, uh, the Kingfish are in town this weekend. The Milkmen, the Wisconsin Timbler Rattlers That's in a great place Appleton. Too. 
Eau Claire Express, the Fond du Lac Spiders, which is, again, a great team name. Uh, Green Bay Rockers, who used to be the Booyah, but they're the Rockers <laughs> Booyah. now. Madison Mallards, Wisconsin Raptor, Rapids Rafters, are, they all have home games throughout the weekend. And, you know, at uh, Lake Country, the Dock Hounds are taking this stuff serious. They fired their manager because they got off to a slow start. Really? <laughs> in this little, in this little, what are they, I don't think no they're part joke, of the North man. League. <laughs> yeah, but, and right, they're not, they're not playing. But unlike the little <laughs> leagues and the majors, I gotta think, at least most games I've been to, you don't have the fans heckling and being mean. That's true. Like it's a happier vibe at this level for of sure. ball. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was. It was a really nice vibe. I just never thought I'd be a minor league baseball guy. Now I kind of feel like I am. Well, that explains the shirt and hat you wore to work today. Yeah. And are you going to get into minor league fantasy baseball as uh, addicted as you are to the major league yeah, fantasy I am baseball? Yeah, fantasy baseball. But uh, no, I don't think so. I don't know. Could we start a league? Maybe we could start our own fantasy. Why not? Baseball league for <laughs> Doc Hound level play. <laughs> yeah, it was fun, though. So if you get a chance this weekend, Sandy uh, mentioned it. A lot of teams are around this weekend. Check it out. It's affordable fun for the family. Here's one th- something I think we are going to do. Hmm. So Lake Country Doc Hounds have host families for their players. And uh, we've done this a couple times. We had a foreign exchange student for a year, and then during the U.S. Open, we hosted a professional golfer at our house, which was an amazing experience while he played in the U.S. Open. I think we might host a baseball player next year. I'm all for it. Uh, I hosted uh, Tom Wilhelmson back in the day. He be- he was a really tall, lanky, I think left-handed pitcher uh, who was... With the Brewers team and then wound up playing with Seattle, but uh, had a very interesting story, but it was part of the Brewers farm team system. And uh, what did I get for Valentine's Day? Um, It was two or three weeks. That's cool. It was kind of bringing them up and teaching them what, teaching these players. And it was the same uh, group of people that came up with Prince Fielder and Corey Hart. We're all in that same group. Yeah. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah. So it's cool. Check it out. It is 345 at WTMJ. Up next. Depending on what soap you use could depend on how much you're bothered by mosquitoes. A little bit of soap will wash away your lipstick. So a new study out on what sorts of soap and body wash are more likely to attract mosquitoes and repel mosquitoes. So it, it doesn't have so much brand names as definite sense that mosquitoes like and do not like. So what's the scent of the soap or body wash that you guys use? What's the scent? How would you describe the scent, Sandy Max? I have a bar, literally, that said it has patchouli in it. And I like it. I mean, I know people turn up their nose patchouli. patchouli. <laughs> what? You don't smell like patchouli when you come in here. No, no, because it's light. But that is the that is the current bar of soap in the shower at Heads. Whoa, Notes that, that, of patchouli. That is another story for another time. Wow. <laughs> bar of soap. People oh, still use bars of soap? I like bar of soap, too. I wow. Have, I have both. I have bar of soap, me too. patchouli, and then uh, as a gift, my dear friend Katie gave me uh, one of those Bath and Body Works, and it's like orange magnolia. But it's one of those limited fragrances, so I use it sparingly. I think it's discontinued, so I, I either used... smell very flowery or like patchouli. I don't think I've used a bar of soap in 30 years. I like bar of soap. I use both. So when I'm doing a regular shower, I use the bar of soap. When I've been working out, uh, for whatever reason, I use a little sponge thing, and I use <laughs> body wash. That's interesting. I like the bar of soap, though. I don't like soap scum in the in the shower, so there's no soap scum. That's one of the things. I also don't like hair on soap. That's another thing. <laughs> Anyways, 
That's the Yost show okay, for so today. What's your what's sense? What's the sense? What's your sense? Well, I, I don't of your ocean, body gel. Ocean breeze? Like, what the hell is Me that? Me too. Like, I don't know I, what that I like means. Kramer. It's, it's blue and it smells good. And I like the ocean Emily and I use too. it. Okay. I like anything that smells like the beach. Okay. So for me, that also leads to I like tropical smells. So I use a lot of stuff that smells like coconut, like either coconut or the ocean, yeah, or a lot of times yeah. they go together. That coconutty smell. Coconut is the number one scent that mosquitoes like. Huh. <gasps> And it's also one of the top scents of soap available. And mosquitoes like the smell of coconut. Yeah, you know what? I just totally misspoke. Sorry. Mosquitoes do not like the smell of oh. coconut. Let me go back. I got confused. Mosquitoes got do not about patchouli. Do not do not do not <laughs> like the smell of coconut. Okay. So if you use coconut, it's a natural repellent. Experts don't know why. Maybe they don't like the tropics, but they do not like the smell of coconut. I want to now slather myself with coconut oil. Because yeah. it's so softening. Yeah, they don't like that. You'd be good. Mm. Here's what they be do like. You get zits from that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Just you're not getting bit. <laughs> yeah, would I rather well, have nipples or a bad trade-off. You want zit or bit? <laughs> uh, here's what they uh, like the most: anything floral, anything that smells like a flower. So use that magnolia very sparingly. Yeah, you're makes... going to get eaten alive. That makes some amount of sense, but mosquitoes, I watched a documentary, They, I always thought, well, at least the birds are eating them. I think mosquitoes really are just a nuisance, period, end of story. They don't pollinate, they don't yeah. feed birds, like they're really What good just, are they? Exactly. Deb, what's your scent? Well, bats, bats actually eat Yay. mosquitoes. So. Oh, God, we don't want bats, though. I like bats. Bats no, are fun. they eat bu- all bugs. Oh, but man, I don't want a bat flying around my house. My wife would never go you outside. Don't have to have it in They're your not house. interested in that. Yeah. What's your scent, Deb? What's your scent? Um, I use tone, but oh, yeah. I don't know if it's made anymore, so I had gotten like this big old package from, uh, <laughs> I bought it on Amazon, kind of tried to, to load up and stock up before it all went away, but yeah, tone. You have a Husband huge box. Irish in the- I love Irish oh, Spring. You're the that's, third Irish Spring. That's my all-time favorite. I have Irish Spring right now. A bar of soap it that you would me hate, Matt Sickle. <laughs> reminds you of your grandma. Their house. Good. Then I'll remind you of your grandma. I truly didn't know that Irish Spring was made anymore. <laughs> oh yes. And Absolutely. I, I don't not like it. I just, I just, I haven't seen it. Oh, still out there. I like the marbled green look of it. Yeah, it's still the same. I, I got I got a bar right now. <laughs> My ultimate thought is this. Mosquitoes are going to find you one way or the other, right? If you use body wash, if you use a bar of soap, if you don't, regardless of the smell, if it's patchouli, coconut, or salmon, <laughs> they are going to find you. They will land on you, they will bite you, and you will get mad. Now, some might be more attractive than others, they but are. I also think they that, are. you know, how much carbon dioxide you give off, that's kind of a big deal. Any mosquito trap tries to give off CO2 while having a little fan that sucks in the bug along with that blue light. And there you go. It starts collecting bugs. I, I got one of those. I don't know if that thing works. I think they do I work because they collect trap. bugs, but I don't. It, it all it does is thin the herd. Like it doesn't solve the problem. But I don't even think in my house, at least, it's not even noticeable that it thins the herd. I but have the same one bu- you there have. There are bugs in it, though, right? There are bugs in it, but I still get eaten at the same rate as okay. before we put that thing up. Right. So it doesn't solve the problem. It thins the herd, and the blue light is kind of appealing. Uh, here's the number one things that uh, besides uh, magnolia flavored soap that mosquitoes like. Okay. Large emissions of carbon dioxide. They say this is one of the reasons that heavier people who breathe heavier are more likely to get bitten by mosquitoes. So They're carbon dioxide. Okay. Yes, they also like body odor. <laughs> so if you got the stanky funk going on, you're going to get bitten. So get back to using some of that soap. <laughs> but a flavor you're on the they patio don't like. All by yourself, getting bitten up by mosquitoes. That is not a way to live. No, they like the funk.
Uh, they also like dark clothing. Hmm. You're more likely to get bitten if you're wearing dark clothing. They also like pregnant women. Who doesn't? I mean, I guess mosquitoes are into that. Uh, pregnant women, much more likely to get bitten, biting, they say. Biting for two. And if you drink beer, <gasps> a 2002 study showed you are more likely to get bitten by a mosquito. Because it's oozing out of your pores and the mosquito like wants to come hang out. Is mosquitoes in Wisconsin now? Because <laughs> of the beer consumption. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't no law with White Claw. Aren't they? <laughs> Don't get bitten if you're drinking a White Claw. Oh, you're on that train now? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just, go to one Doc Hounds game and you're a whole different I person. I, I had a white. Well, you made me Doc curious. I was looking up natural <laughs> repellents of mosquitoes, and I'm delighted to see that high up on the list is lavender is something that can oh. repel mosquitoes, and that's something that smells nice for us. Yeah, yeah spray it you on your pillow it. and you can sleep well. Yes, too. Exactly. It de-stresses you. Yeah. yeah. So if, I would say look into lavender if you want to try to mitigate the mosquito population in your yards so i'm looking at a list that says how to prevent mosquito bites you know what the number one thing is stay, stay inside. inside yeah <laughs> we have to put that on the list that's on the list don't leave the house stay inside gee thank you <laughs> number two is use an insect repellent this is a great list <laughs> number three wear long sleeves okay yeah number four live in the north pole did someone get paid to put this list together